Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, home brewer, and Advanced Cicerone. All right, welcome everyone to this bonus episode of False Bottom Girls. This is one of our exclusive episodes for just exclusively for our Patreon listeners. This is already off to a great start. Um, <laughs> if you couldn't tell already, I feel like most of our Patreon listeners probably can tell the difference between when we are recording in the morning and have not been drinking <laughs> and when we are recording in the evening and we are on our second Sonic Seltzer, which I am. So I, I was actually, you know what? I was very, I, cause I could see you. I could see Jed shocker. We're on zoom. <laughs> What, you have a very, very clear, you're very clear seltzer. I thought you were drinking water. What no, is it? This is Sonic Seltzer. Sonic Seltzer. What do you mean? Yes. Sonic, what Sonic is that brand like? seltzer. Oh, it's a brand. It yes. lo- Wait, it looks like the uh, fast food place. It is. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. So really? Sonic, the fast food restaurant, America's Drive-In oh, has a hard seltzer line and it is you the best hard seltzer. Drive-in? No. I think at some places you can do like boozy slushies now, but they're all based like all of the Sonic hard seltzers are based on their slushy flavors. Oh, and they are fantastic. They are (laughs) basically the only thing I drink now. This is not sponsored by Sonic. No, it's not. But nobody believes me when I'm like, (laughs) I rarely drink beer anymore. I only drink Sonic seltzer. Why? It is so good. It is so good. (laughs) It's so good. Oh my God. This is yeah. complete shock to me. Like this is not planned. It's <laughs> not. We have a guest today, and she's like, right. "I'm hearing this for the first time." Yeah, exactly. We did this whole run of show, and then we ended up <laughs> talking about how much I love Sonic Hard Seltzer. I love Sonic Hard Seltzer. It's the only thing, well, basically, the only it, thing that I drink. What, so, what's ABV? Five uh, percent. And is it like low calorie, low anything? Or is yeah, it just it's like, like hundred calories, one gram just of curious. sugar. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But it's delicious. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's the I've had a few hard seltzers, but you Sonic cannot hard the best. get it at the drive-through. And that yeah. is sad. Right. Okay. Let's right. get to you. So anyway, we're joined today. I was not Sonic Seltzer. Right. It's so good. I'll yeah, get some and you'll see. We, we just need to ask Sonic for a sponsorship now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're joined today by Katie Muggley from Infinite Ingredient. Um, Katie, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Sorry for the diversion into yeah, sorry. Sonic Seltzer territory, but this is pretty like this is pretty standard for the yeah. two of us. <laughs> if she had revealed herself beforehand, would have been such a shock. <laughs> oh, I love it. I actually it's really funny to me. Like my so like my partner and I both um like we'd love trying like every seltzer that's out there just to like see because there's some where you're like this is so great and then there's some where you're like oh sweet mother of god like what happened here right. um and so like we yeah love. have you heard of it I haven't so I remember reading something about it coming out I haven't tried uh-huh. it I don't know if it's available in Minnesota yeah exactly um, but I gotta exactly. like I gotta find this out because if it's oh that- man this might need to be like a replacement. yeah. Well, apparently you don't get a Sonic, so right. No, but it is. It's um. I had a couple of other people. I so I I know that now it's distributed in Illinois and Nevada because I had somebody in Illinois and somebody in Nevada being like, "What? 
And then when I saw the press release that they were expanding their distribution, <laughs> I like texted both of them and was like, great news. <laughs> You're going to be able to get Sonic hard seltzer, but you still can't get it everywhere here. Like I have like the Kroger grocery store is where I can find it, but like the bottle shops, the liquor stores, they don't have it. I, I just, I, I cannot get like Sonic needs to have it. There needs to be, whether it's, maybe, it, maybe it's in Vegas, you know, like Taco Bell's in Vegas. They oh, have like liquor. Yeah. 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 But come on, Sonic do better. What would the Sonic one be called though? Like, so Taco Bell's the con- cantina. Like what's the Sonic one going to be called then? Ooh, Sonic Seltzer. Like some ideas here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, when they sponsor us, we'll give them more ideas. Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm I'm currently making a list of million dollar ideas. (laughs) I don't think you understand. Like when you said they're distributed in Illinois, I'm going to be in Chicago in a couple of weeks. And I like cannot wait to like text my partner and be like, we're going to have to try some Sonic. You know what, Jed? Where'd you get it? Where'd you get it, Jed? What, Sonic Seltzer? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 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 In Georgia. I have it in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. All right. It so is. It's, it. it's delicious. And I, I'm with you, Katie. I've tried a lot of different seltzers. And yeah, there's some that for me, they just have like this really artificial flavor, which I know most of them are artificially flavored anyway, right. but like some of them just have a super artificial flavor. Um, and this one doesn't, although I do feel like whatever they use to sweeten it, that's not sugar. Uh, I feel like I might be addicted to that. And that's maybe why I love Sonic Seltzer so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like aspartame or something in it that's like right where you're just like this is so good and it's like yeah <laughs> like um, okay which part of your brain is we we yeah, right. absolutely 100 100 have to send this clip to sonic seltzer <laughs> like you cannot recreate this right <laughs> this, is, this is earned media right here. yeah this is not uh, yeah this is raw material yep exactly <laughs> So yes, we are okay. here today not to talk about Sonic Seltzer, Seltzer not but to talk at about, all. right? To talk about <laughs> mental health in yes. the the fermentation industries. Um, so, Katie, you are the founder of Infinite Ingredient, and why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what led you to create that, and then what Infinite Ingredient is? Sure. Um, so I'm going to like flip that a little bit. So the mission, um, of infinite ingredient, it would, so we're a 501 C three nonprofit and our mission is to actively support the mental and physical well-being of individuals working in the craft beverage industry through outreach, education, and access to resources. So right now, um, we're in the midst of our launch campaign and once we uh, have the funding in place, we will begin to be able to start offering access to um, mental health and uh, well-being resources to everyone working for a craft brewery in the United States. And the the goal after that, like, so that's like goal number one, right? Um, and then eventually we hope to um, be able to offer those same resources for folks working um, for craft cideries and distilleries, and then also eventually be able to um, cover everyone um, in different countries as well. So it's not just going to be something that's US specific. We've um, got a really um, lofty as hell goal (laughs) Um, in in several different um, stratospheres kind of. So Stratus, stratospheres, I cannot. Okay, wow, I need a beer. (laughs) 
Um, and so, yeah, so that's, um, so that's kind of like the gist of, um, of where we're at. And then all of it was formed. And I feel like, um, Jen, you kind of know this story, Rachel, I'm not sure how much of, um, how much of this you do know, but, um, the idea for infinite ingredient came about, um, about 10 days into, um, all of the accounts being pulled forward, um, that were being published by Brianne. Um, and it was like, I think it was about 10 days in. So, uh, the backstory on it is that I, uh, was working in the industry, um, for a local craft brewery here in Minneapolis for five years and had just recently left. So, um, I think I was, I was technically not in the industry for about six weeks. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, the, what has been dubbed the reckoning started and, that really was like just such a bizarre point to be at because I was like removed, but absolutely not removed at all. Right. Um, And so that was a really, um, you know, just like really kind of wild. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but just like kind of like wild position to be in because, you know, I was gone. I was supposed to be off in the marketing world, licking my wounds from the industry and, um, you know, rebuilding and figuring out whether or not I wanted to be part of it anymore. And instead was just immediately like, you know, just kind of thrown back into, um, you know, that brick wall that I think a lot of that threw a lot of us into. So, right. Right. And it's, um, definitely like validation in the worst possible way is kind of how I I felt about it also. (laughs) Like so painfully. Yeah. Right. And, and so Katie and I connected pretty early on um, in like in when when you were planning Infinite Ingredient and forming this. And I know we talked a few different times that it was just like, OK, this also just feels like therapy because I'm talking with somebody else who's gone through the exact same thing. Uh, not the exact same thing, but, you know, basically like we left our positions for a lot of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. And that was something that a lot of people, I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a very strong support network and like Rachel was a huge part of that, but, Aww. you know, having somebody who was just like, yes, I was, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, like this is, I remember one of the things we talked about was like, you think that you leave and that's the end. Mm -hmm. And then you have to, you keep having things happen to you that are normal. Like you're being treated well, you're being treated the way you should be treated. And you realize that you put up with being treated abnormally and being maltreated for so long. And it seemed normal to you. And that's like, you're kind of going through that grieving process all over again. It's like, how did I ever think this was okay? And I I remember us having several conversations about that, about like kind of moving through that you were, uh, you know, six weeks farther into the process than I was. Um, But, you know, like, how do you, how do you keep moving forward when like, you're just like, it's just more like just more shit every day, you know, happening that you're just like, well, it's so mentally taxi too, right? right? Like, like you want to stand up for yourself or for whoever you're standing up for or whatever the situation is, but you know, it comes with, well, the act, well, actually, is it all the people like say, but this, that taxi you on it. It's just like, I know what I'm saying. It's important, but it's right. hard to just like fight 
and fight and fight. Because, you know, people are special creatures on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, they will say whatever they want versus in person. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Remove the days of social media. Let's talk then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, Katie, with the um, EAP, is that correct? Is that the correct terminology for it? When we were talking about that, I think that's, I was thinking about it earlier today, thinking about getting ready for this interview, that it's something that is unique to the United States system is that our insurance and our, you know, healthcare is very much tied to your job and your employment in a way that's not like that in other countries. And I believe that all of our uh, Patreon supporters are based in the United States, but just in case anybody's listening and you're wondering like, what, <laughs> what's the yeah. context of this in the United States, the, your healthcare, your insurance is almost solely tied to your employment. And, yeah. you know, I know I remember some of the things you were saying about like being able to establish EAPs and how little it costs. And us talking about like, if it, only cost this much, then why why does infinite ingredient need to exist? Why aren't employers just providing that? Um, so do you have like anything you would like to share along those lines of, you know, that I guess kind of that process? Like how do you, I, I'm getting, I'm getting a little rambly here, but like how do you balance this, you know, infinite ingredient having to exist? because of a failure of the industry to protect their employees. Like, what is that? What is that like? It's really like, I don't, it's just, it's really interesting because I think, you know, it's even with health insurance, right? Like health insurance is even like a hell of a commodity in the industry. Um, and being able to have, you know, like, and even a lot of times if you do have it, it's like the catastrophic end, right? Like it's not the kind that actually like feeds you the things that you need to be fed. Um, and so trying to like fit into, you know, figure out something that's going to be functional, but then not reliant on, um, you know, individual buy-in from ownership or leadership. So that's, um, that's really kind of like that crux that we're trying to fit into, Um, because over, so over the pandemic, um, and when I was still, um, when I was still working for, um, that brewery, I was also serving on the board of directors for the uh, Minnesota craft brewers guild. And so while I was doing that, you know, I started my term January of 2020, which like sweet mother of God, like we didn't (laughs) even have one meeting that was like normal. Everything was like, Oh, is this like weird, you know, like virus thing going to be a thing. And we're all like, like maybe. And then all of a sudden it's like shut down. And just all of these, like, it really was like, I mean, I don't have to recount it. We all lived through it. Um, and, and so along with that, I, in my corner of what I was taking care of, as far as the board went was, trying to make sure like, what are resources that we can get to people? You know, it's like, we like at the time, it's like, we're all like, just like being held asunder, like in this wave of like, what the fuck of trauma and grief and like not knowing and everything just being upended. And I think it was almost even more painful because everyone was, you know, expected, you know, it's two weeks to flatten the curve. And then that, you know, and everyone buying into that for like a minute, And then it was like, oh shit, this is something, this is not what any of us have, have really imagined. And so, 
Um, so within that so, total tangent, sorry. Um, but yeah. <laughs> in that, uh, within that, the, with, through the guild, I, um, is have the, have this relationship uh, established with this, uh, EAP provider and, um, you know, was got us access to like this provider for, and kind of on behalf of um, the guild, right? So if a member brewery wanted to sign up, they could sign up for XYZ amount and, um, you know, their their folks would have access to these mental health resources, um, work-life balance resources, which at that point, like, I mean, in any industry, it didn't really matter where it was, like work-life balance was upended, whether or not you had to go in physically somewhere or call from home or whatever it was, like everything was a damn mess. And right. so- um, and so with that, have this resource, it was really, really affordable, um, like ridiculously so. And I think there were maybe four or five member breweries that signed up. And so that to me kind of pointed to this, you know, one of the, one of the major roadblocks and one of the major, um, barriers that gets in the way of being able to access resources like this is, and, you know, owner or leadership or management or whomever it is that's making those decisions, um, getting, you know, what do they find value in it? Do they personally think like, you know, going to therapy is a crock? I don't know, you know, but those are, those are potential barriers. Um, and then also like from the standpoint of like, oh, can we justify the cost? It's like, can you not, <laughs> you know, like that was, that was the part that I really struggled with was that like, this is something that that is so attainable and so affordable on behalf of your people, um, you know, and like buying them a Domino's pizza is going to cost like the same amount, you know, like it's just it's one of those things where it's like that justification is just like, you know, oh. not like totally agree like just to give you an example it, like just to give our listeners an example the north carolina brewers guild has a program similar to kind of what she's talking about it has it it's something that i could sign up for as a business owner that will allow my employees full-time or part-time these mm -hmm. benefits and they include like uh access to care for elders in your mm -hmm. life like just how how to navigate that like really like, really like we're not talking like healthcare or dental care we're talking about like um uh they get like eight free therapy sessions a year like these mm -hmm. are very like uh things that are not accessible through what a normal person would think of when it mm -hmm. comes to work um uh, benefits but for us like for pilot brewery and the, for any north carolina brewery it who's a member of the guild or whatever which is not very like it's everything's very affordable everything it's like i'm going to quote this wrong because i feel like it's in the teens but it's literally like 20 dollars a year mm -hmm. maybe per person maybe just for myself it's so cheap i don't even know how cheap it is it's like so right. ridiculous cheap for me to just be like yep on board and then anybody who signs up for the next year, like whether they're newly employed, it's, I don't even have to track it. I'm just like, here, here's a new person. It is so cheap. It's there. There's absolutely no excuse for any brewery to, in any state who has an option like this to not sign up, a, sign up just, but most of the time it's just lack of knowledge. They aren't paying attention to the emails they're getting. 
they aren't paying attention to and i get it as a brewery owner there's so many things coming through all the time you really have to like figure out what's you know to what's even worth paying attention to right what step one and then two really taking the time to go through it and because i signed up with my my state guild which you are obviously a part of and people need to sign up and it's just like if you could just take advantage of the resources that are there Mm -hmm. people would realize how many resources are actually there whether it's guild incorporated or a local dog profit incorporated like it's it's amazing and you know my husband he's a very good example of this like he is the person who just has to figure out everything that's going to benefit us as a business or whatever in any sort of way like whether it's monetary or this or that it's the same kind of attitude like what you just have to want to look for it i guess is also the point you know or you need like some flashy inflatable tube man Flying from your email uh, somehow. I need to get that. Poking out of your screen. Yeah, the (laughs) infinite infinite ingredient wacky, wacky waving arm filling. (laughs) Anyone who's ever seen me at a wedding like knows that that's totally like I am totally sweetie. Like that is my those are my moves. Like that's (laughs) where I draw all my inspiration from. I'm so serious. So it's like, and I'm I am guilty of this for like anything I don't want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. like right. oh trivia sales email uh no uh, delete it's <laughs> so good right anyway. well and i yeah. i remember at my my previous brewery reaching out about that about like there were several things that had happened um but this was after george floyd was murdered they had these two absolutely disastrous town hall meetings that just really exemplified that leadership did not give a shit they were not um, taking any steps to educate themselves or be empathetic. Um, this during one of the meetings, the um, HR person said that she understands racism because she's been overweight most of her life. Oh, cool. cool and cool, yeah, cool. so using that like as an example to relate to people. But I remember, you know, one of the things that um, I really tried to do there was make it hard for them to deny that it was just apathy and just they you know they really truly didn't care about their employees but i remember emailing and saying hey i know we've brought in a counselor before for our employees for people to talk to so i said hey you know i see that we have this that we have done this before so this is something we're capable of doing and you have employees who are scared who are you know being made to work after the curfew has been instituted and um, who are asking for help. And I, I know that we're capable of doing this because we've done it before. What are we doing? We need to be doing something to help employees. And, you know, again, this was also during the pandemic and it was in the summer of 2020. So there it was also like the height of, well, I want to go eat, you know, mac and cheese and like, Asian barbecue fries someplace and not wear a mask, you know, that like that whole thing was going on as well. So it's like, you have a lot of people under a lot of pressure and under a lot of stress, what are we doing to help them? And the response was like, oh yeah, I've looked into EAPs. Um, I'm looking into that right now. And they never did it. And then, you know, speaking with you, Katie and learning and now Rachel with you as well, learning how inexpensive it is 
is just like, wow, you really grossly, made a choice. You, grossly yeah, inexpensive. Right. You really, you know, someplace that's making 80 grand on a Saturday, you really made a choice with someplace that you're is making three grand on a Saturday. Right. Right. <laughs> if you make $300 in one day, you can right. afford to cover this for your employees. Right. Yeah. I mean, like that's one of the things is like the, like the, the accessibility of it is really just like, it's, it's almost dumbfounding, like when you break it down and that's, so that was kind of, that was part of, so there are several reasons why um, we're kind of, you know, going rogue, so to speak, um, with how this normally is deployed, because normally it is, you know, um, something that is specific to one employer. Um, and I just, you know, it's thinking about the fact that there's what, 9,000 some breweries um, or um, 9,000 some craft breweries um, in the U.S., like who who has the time and energy and resources to individually hand sell to 9,000 breweries? Like that's just, that's bananas. And I don't have that time. Um, and so, you know, really kind of like seeing that, seeing that laid out as that barrier, right, of like, you know, either getting the message in front of the the leader, that one person and breaking through. Um, and then not only that, just whether or not they're going to decide even whether or not that's something that um, that should be available to their employees. The 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 re, like kind of like the impetus behind doing things the way that we're doing it is to eliminate as many barriers as possible. So, um, you know, and and ownership deciding that there's value is one of those, one of those barriers. Um, And then, and then also too, making sure that, you know, those pipelines of communication, instead of that having to trickle down through that one source of information, that's really kind of, um, you know, part of that education piece of it. So not only like education for, you know, just mental health in general, well-being in general, um, you know, eventually like wait on the line. I want to not even wait on the line, but eventually when I get more than 24 hours in a day, I would like to, um, you know, incorporate physical wellness things too, because, you know, like this industry is so taxing on people. Um, you know, there's the labor, um, physical labor that's involved and, um, you know, like injury from repetitive movement and just all of these things, um, you know, like that's, kind of a whole separate piece of it, but, but that education portion of it really kind of being, being able to empower people to, um, you know, access this outside of and open up, you know, that instead of that one, only one viable channel of communication and education and understanding of not only resources availability, but how to use it, but then, you know, opening that up and kind of, you know, like co-oping that so that then, you know, it's, it can be peer to peer. It's, Hey, have you heard that this is available now? And really being able to kind of put that power in um, employees' hands as well, because, um, you know, like we just, to me, people are struggling on a scale right now that we have never seen before. And, um, to just be perfectly frank, we don't have fucking time. <laughs> like right. we don't yeah. have time. And like, and like for me, like so much of this is is really, really deeply personal for me because I just I I have you know said to those who I'm really close to um and and folks who know me, I know a lot of people um more than I would care to admit who um I have lost that have died by suicide. And I just like I can't bury another person. Like I can't right. do it. 
I cannot, like, I, I don't know if I will survive that. And so a lot of this really is, um, you know, kind of selfishly driven because, um, you know, like just for my, I know what I need and that's to, you know, try and take care of as many people as I can. Um, and, and I, I wish I could do that on an even grander scale, but for me starting in this industry that I know and love, um, is really, you know, it's a pretty good starting point. (laughs) So, right. Oh, for sure. And I think that that's, there's, there's so much power in what you said about that, because it's something we've talked about before and it's not a, you know, it's not a new thought, but for a very long time, craft beer was, this is fun. This isn't macro beer. This is different. And this is 99% asshole free. It's such a great place. And then it's like, if your experience differs from that, it's just like, well, that's your problem because we said that it was fun. And if you're not having, if you're not having fun, that's not our problem. We're fun. And that's where so much of this has come to a head because it is isolating to be like, but it's not, not only is it not fun for me, but I can tell that it's actively harming me. But then the messaging you're receiving back is that's because there's something inherently wrong with you. You're an isolated incident. And so that is very important to recognize. And that's also part of what makes it so maddening too, is, you know, having, and certainly not all employers, but having employers who make that conscious decision not to make something like this available to their employees, because then it's like, well, but if you start getting help, then you'll realize how poorly we're treating you. We don't want you to realize that. So we just won't provide that for you. And you're exactly right in terms of removing barriers. That's huge, you know, especially in very problematic companies. And it's not just the beer industry, but they're so hierarchical that even if there is the one person making that decision, so let's say that a brewery says, yes, we're going to provide that. And, you know, that has to make it down through the taproom manager and the taproom manager has to tell people that that's available. And maybe the taproom manager doesn't want to. Yeah. Because of, you know, because of the, and the hopefully if it's, yeah, and hopefully if it's bullshit they that they're supposed to say, hopefully they don't want to. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But that's, um, I did also want to talk a little bit about at CBC at the Craft Brewers Conference this past year um, in Minneapolis, you gave a, just a fantastic session. And I know that, you know, I think this because I've probably told you like six times, Um, Because it was so powerful. And one of the reasons why it was so powerful was I remember like rushing to the room to make sure I got there in time for your seminar. And I like, I was so excited for you. And um, I was thinking, and like, this is no offense to you, but I had been to other seminars at CBC and like some of them are sparsely attended. Some are kind of full. And I was like, oh, I hope she's got a good crowd for this. Cause I know that like, this is a super important topic. And I walked in and Every seat was filled. People were all the way up the stairs on both sides, like two and three people deep. People were sitting on the floor. Uh, I think I ended up going like almost toward the top before I could find a, a spot to sit on the stairs because it was so packed. It was the most well attended session that I saw at CBC. And not only did you do a fantastic job, but there was so like you could just feel it in the room like there was i don't i don't know if 
pain is the right word to say, but there were so many people there who needed to be validated that mm -hmm. like, yes, the conditions, you know, you, you came here today, hopefully to hear somebody tell you that it's okay to not be okay and that you're not wrong for feeling this way. And that was very much like the vibe in the room, you know, where it's, it seemed to me at least that so many people were like, I do feel like I'm burnt out. And now I'm at the seminar that's telling me that I'm definitely burnt out. And that's just <laughs> validating yeah. to hear, even though that means like, you know, then you, you do have that validation. So you have to kind of move forward from that. And what do you do with it? And of course it's well-documented on this podcast and in my life, how easily I cry. But there were several times during your session that I felt myself like getting teary because I was just like, GD, I've felt that, you know, and I like, and I feel, I still feel that way sometimes. And I could feel that within the room. Um, so at this point, I'm just fangirling again over your session. But uh, I know you did a survey surround, like leading up to that. So talk a little bit about what, what kind of data you, you gathered and how you turned that into that session. And I believe you've given a similar session at least a couple of other times from that. I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. My cat just decided she's going to join us. She's very excited <laughs> about things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, thank you again, Jen. And I know, I know I've said, um, I know I've said thank you like a thousand times before too. I just, <laughs> I so greatly appreciate that. And I just like, I very vividly remember like just being like, if I can just fill like a quarter of these seats, so it's not like awkward, <laughs> like I'm going to be real. I'll just be like over the moon. And then I just like kept watching people file in and I was like, oh, don't put this up. I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> to a point but, where you're like, oh no, I didn't yeah. expect all this. I, like, <laughs> I, like, I meant a quarter, not like steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, But no, and I think, um, I think you know, Jen, it's, it, it makes me really happy because like to hear what you were feeling in the crowd, because I was in such a different mind state, um, of it and like the experience of it was so different for me. Um, and so I think, you know, really kind of hitting that on the head of just like that validation, right? Like, because we are told this industry is fun. Aren't you so lucky? Don't you have the most fun? God, do you even like work? Isn't it just the best time ever? And like being told that all the time. Um, but then like, there is just like this very real, like, and especially, especially like as, you know, someone who's an other in the industry, right? Like, so if you are not a like cis white, able-bodied, um, man, you know, it's just like what, you know, that you're going to have a very, very, very different, um, level of execution that you need to meet in order to, um, validate yourself being there. Right. And, and your, um, your expertise that you have to have. And, um, and so it just, it's, it, it was really interesting just understanding and getting to know, like how people, how many people, and just seeing how many people it resonated with that, like, this might be fun, but like, it's not sustainable the way it is. Right. Like, so like the, yes, there are those parts of it. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is a lie because there is that, but there are so many other bits and pieces to it that need to be acknowledged. Um, you know, and I think, I think a lot of the burnout comes down to, um, the culture of martyrdom that exists in a lot of ways. 
um, in many, many places and many, um, you know, whether it's individual breweries or just, you know, kind of the industry as a whole, um, you know, this, the passion tax of it all, you know, it's like, well, you're going to, you know, get, you know, poor shit wages for, you know, really, really, really taxing work, but you're doing something that you love. So that makes it all okay. And, and, um, you know, that's those, all of those things are not sustainable. Right. So, um, so in order to prepare for the presentation, I did this, um, survey for it. And I just like, I wanted to just like, kind of get like a quick, like cut and dry pulse of like, where's the industry at? Like, I feel like I'm onto something and I feel like I know people in Minneapolis who feel this way, but like, am I crafting a presentation for people to come to and then be like, the fuck lady? Like, it's like, this is just in Minnesota, you know, like, or whatever it is. And so yeah. really kind of getting that data, right. Because nobody that has not been measured before in my understanding. Um, and if it has been, please send it my way because I want to read about it. Uh, but um, I'm hoping that this fall, I've been saying like every month, I'm like the end of next month, um, trying to do all of this stuff outside of my normal nine to five is really difficult. So I'm trying to put on that like actual, like condensed, like data together to publish, to share with everyone. Um, but what I can tell you right now is that, um, and what I, you know, kind of presented at CBC as well. Um, was that across all three categories of burnout, um, the average among, okay, so I'm going to back up just real quick. So we had for the, um, for the survey, we had 388 respondents and they were spanning across 42 different states. Um, so we did get a pretty good subsection. Um, I would obviously like to get more in the future. That's neither here nor there. Um, but across that, so we measured um, the three um, three different categories of burnout. So the Maslach burnout inventory is what we used for it. And that's kind of like widely regarded as the gold standard. Um, and it was developed in the late 80s, late 80s, I think, um, by Dr. Christine Maslach. And it measures the three components of burnout, um, occupational exhaustion, depersonalization, and loss of empathy and a uh, sense of personal accomplishment. And across all three of those categories, across um, all three, the average among all 388 respondents was that um, there was severe burnout in all three categories. And I knew like one of those things where it's like, I knew, I knew my own experience, I knew from, you know, peers in the industry that this was a thing, but it's like, that was like pulling that data and actually like digging into that was like the most horrifying, like gut punch of validation of like what you don't want to see. Like I wanted there to, I wanted it to be like, Hey, it's just like, it seems like it's kind of isolated to, you know, like the tap room because of the pandemic or whatever, you know, like dealing with people through the pandemic or whatever it is. And, and it was just like, there was no, there was no like upside to it, I guess. Like there was really like the only, um, the only thing, and now I'm just like, I'm like imagining, I'm like trying to picture it in my brain. Um, but I think they're the, the highest level of personal accomplishment and the lowest level of burnout all existed among the uh, category of ownership. 
which I thought was like really interesting. Right? I was like, how do I identify more? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I know. Oh man, I have. I was like, oh wait, I have the perfect comment for this. It's me. But I, I, I do recognize that like more and more as the time goes by and i do like i'll be the first person to be like fuck you guys i'm out of here for four days i'm going to the beach <laughs> and i'll do that on a regular basis not like too regular i'm not trying to sound diva but <laughs> i do get that not to take away from what you were saying but <laughs> i just no. got excited it sparked no, with me <laughs> That's okay. It's just, it's just, it was just like a really interesting to me. That was like one of like the really like kind of like interesting, like kind of like first glimpses of like, okay, like there really is like very like little to no differentiation across most categories. Um, and like, it was like, okay, like kind of what that told me was, you know, it's like, if you're, if you're an owner, like that's that different, you have like a different level of not only engagement, but like expectation. And then like, and then also just like investment of what gets returned to you. Right. Like, so it's like, so that was like a really interesting. Nobody's thing. ever going to care about your business the way you do. Exactly. You know, and, it's and just they, they the, shouldn't, it's just the bottom line. And they should, right. they should. Exactly. And I go to great me personally, pilot brew, not say to the other business, I go to great strides to make sure that at least I think so, you know, according to me. We'll be doing a survey of your yeah, employees. After I that. would love for you to send them a survey. I'm not even kidding. I'm so serious about that. I would like <laughs> the problem with my team is like nothing's anonymous because there's freaking five of them. Right. <laughs> that's what's, that's what's hard. That's what's really hard. Like when you have like smaller staffs like that is trying to do that, but that is actually something that's come out of this. So there, um, there's, uh, one of the breweries that I've been talking to, um, since CBC, they were at the presentation and they're really, um, you know, like really invested in making sure that their people are, um, set up for success. And then that, that they're not inadvertently, you know, like, because it's really, it's easy to develop blind spots when it's, when it's your spot. Right. So, yep. um, so I've been talking to them about trying to figure out, I'm, I'm trying to put together right now, kind of different like levels of packages that um, we might be able to deliver to, um, different breweries to be able to either, you know, like read burnout, um, look at it wherever they are, and then yeah. also be able to do kind of I don't, I don't even want to say audit, but I guess that would probably be the proper term is like sure. questionnaire. Like, yeah. Like are your policies, you know, like what, how are you implementing, you know, your time off policies? What are they? How do they, you know, like, are you tracking them? Things like that, where it's like these, yeah. these tangible things that you can do to kind of get a gauge on like, you know, do you have a culture where no one's taking time off? Why, you know, like digging into like really kind of like getting to the root causes of some of those things, because it's like, you can measure burnout all day long, um and go oh shit you know like we got yeah, you're burnt out <laughs> you're not yeah like if you're not you know coming at it with um you know with like practical steps that you can take and there really there are some that are like they're you know they're just very straightforward and just very um you know like it's just a matter of you know paying attention to it and measuring so um, and taking time off is, um, is one of them. So the brewery that I came from had the, um, unlimited time off policy, which I was like, yeah, like this is like the coolest thing ever. Oh my God. I'm going to like do all this cool shit. Nope. 
like, because you can't, it's really, it's really difficult. So you can have that. And that, that is an amazing gift and an amazing, um, you know, core, core benefit to be able to offer someone, but if you're not measuring it, um, or, um, you know, like making sure that people are set, um, set up in their roles, if roles aren't defined enough, they don't like, and you're doing anything and everything because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and it's not clear then you're yeah. going to end up with someone who's not ever going to take time off. And, and how would they even get someone to cover their work while they're gone? Because they're doing, you know, like it, trying to write a new job description basically. And so is that like a, uh, paid time off or unpaid time off? That was paid time off. So it was supposed oh. to be a limited paid time off. Um, and how does that know, even work? It, well, well, <laughs> you don't take it. That's, that's the In thing. My, People don't take it. I, I went, the other brewery I worked for when I started, I asked, How could you do it? like, what if you're just like, okay, I would like 20 hours off every week. Right. Well, but like that's, people don't do that. And the brewery where I worked at, he was like, yeah, I used to have unlimited PTO, but nobody would ever take any time off. So everybody has 20 days. And he yep. said, because I can get people to take 20 days of PTO, yep. but he was like, really like, I, it's, it's still unlimited. I'll still give anybody the time off that they need, but I, I had to change it because telling people it was unlimited, nobody ever took it. And I think that that a lot of that is because people feel like I don't want, am I taking too much? Am I not taking enough? Yes. You don't know. Whereas if you're told you get 15 days off, like I'm going to take those 15 days off. I, oh, will, man, I, they, I do see, not they, roll over. PTO they have not met me. I would be the problem employee. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh wait a minute this Rachel I mean, girl she is literally yeah. taking two days off a week and I'd be like you said I could right like I would be the one to test this right yeah you would be the outlier for that I would I with a <laughs> smile on my face like, <laughs> I don't understand it don't understand it but I've all I I've but at the same reason, every article I've read, you know, because when you're opening a business, you do this. It's like having a baby. You read all the articles, but you're just like, okay, you don't. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, that's stupid because people just need expectations. But that's also stupid because you're going to have the person like me who <laughs> I kind of did that when we opened. I was like, uh, not not with a personal time off, but I was like, you know, you get to drink free beer instead of your friends when they come in. And man, I had this one one team member. It was like him and his twenty person <laughs> family every weekend. I was like, yeah, hey, never mind. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That would You're be never me. put a cap on that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, didn't mean it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right. So like definitely one of those things though, where it's just like, you know, and that's great. Like if you do, if you do have that policy and you want to keep it and you want to like, and, but like you have to take extra steps though, to like make it effective though. And that is monitoring. Are people taking it? Um, if so, how much, you know, like making sure that people don't, because when you just leave it that like arbitrary hanging thing, it's like, you don't want to be the person that steps over the line and ruins it for everyone else. And so I think it really kind of creates like a culture of being able to like weaponize, not taking time off as like a show of your dedication and commitment. Um, you know, and just like, you know, I love the business more than you. Right. Yeah. 
Right. I think that's very, very true. Um, so what, like, what is, what is next for Infinite Ingredient? So um, we are still in the midst of the launch campaign. Um, and uh, like upcoming, we're going to have a campaign for Give to the Max Day. And that's kind of a like Minnesota. Um, so there's Giving Tuesday at the end mm -hmm. of November. And then um, November 17th, they do, I think it's the 17th. Pretty sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to figure that out a little next <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's the 17th this year. Um, but they do uh, give to the max day, which is like kind of like the Minnesota giving holiday. Um, and so we're going to be um, participating in that this year. Last year, I like threw together a page like six hours before midnight um, the, the next day and was like, a couple things. Um, so I'm trying to be a little bit more dialed in as far as that goes. Um, so we'll have that, um, that specific fundraiser. We'll also have a um, fundraiser for um, Giving Tuesday uh, that we're going to be doing as well. Um, and just kind of that like continued, um, continued look towards being able to get funds to be able to, um, you know, start covering uh, co like access for people. So nice. Um, so that's really, really kind of like the main, um, the main objective right now. And, and it's, it's been, um, it's been really interesting because I, you know, I'm still working my nine to five job. I, um, you know, kind of have to do that until we can, you know, get things to a point where I can just oversee and help, um, build and make sure that we're set up for long-term success and sustainability. Cause one of my biggest fears is, um, having the resources turn on, and then not be able to fundraise enough for a year two. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that really is like yeah. the thing that keeps me up right now is just making sure that we're set up in a way that, um, that really is sustainable. And so, um, so it's been kind of like a strategized, like little bit slower burn of trying to get everything, um, up and running because I really, really am trying to make sure I don't create a beast that I can't wrangle. Um, right. and so far as like just getting like too much out there. So, um, really, really kind of doing a very delicate dance of, um, of making sure that we, you know, are, are just active enough, um, but not active to the point where, um, it's, it's unmanageable as, um, an individual trying to do it yeah. in off hours. So right. um, yeah. yeah, totally get that. You don't, yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. Well, I do want to throw out that as a brewery, if you know, one way that Pilot Brewery and other local breweries have supported organizations like If It Ingredient and If It Ingredient is through Brave Noise. And actually, Katie, uh, Brave Noise is for anyone who listening might not know, but you are my listeners, so you should know. Yeah, if you if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're and you don't know about Brave Noise. I don't even know. Discontinued membership. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But anyway, so Katie, Pilot Brewery, every time we have brewed Brave Noise, all of our proceeds have gone towards Infinite Ingredient. And we actually just brewed it again like last Thursday in collaboration with Noda Brewery Company. And all those proceeds are definitely going towards Infinite Ingredient. And, you know, from Pilot Brewery, also Noda's going to have an event where they put it on tap and donate a dollar per pint sold. So it's like a double taxation. It's like, I like to call it. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no double, double donation. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's double it. Yeah. Uh, double donation. No, thank you. And I like, I really appreciate like all of, you know, like all the support, um, that pilot has given, um, to infinite ingredients so far. And I just, I'm really excited that like, you know, that like we're, creating these relationships with places that, you know, like for me, it's so exciting because I've just have always been in like my little like Minnesota bubble. And like, whenever I would travel, I would like stop, you know, stop here and there. Um, but like really getting to, you know, like, I don't like that mutual investment of like, Oh my God, like, you know, like there are these amazing places that are, that are all over the place. And we like, oh, yeah. really like, it's not that's what, that's Minnesota what breweries that do Brett best is they brew beer and <laughs> uh, you know, all the breweries out there who are listening to this, go ahead, sign up for Brave Noise as, or your second round of Brave Noise and donate to Katie if it agreed yet. Because why, why the fuck not? Exactly. Well, and like, and so just to give like a little bit of like, um, you know, like plug for the financial end of things. So our, um, so the cost to cover one person with the employee assistance program um, that we are going to be uh, doing the cost to cover one person for one year is six dollars. I no, I remember when I first gave you the first donation. You were like, "It's going to cover seventeen million people," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't that much, but it, I was just like astonished by the amount of people. I was like, "Wow, that's a big." And that oh, can we just go back to how much that reinforces like how affordable all this is and how like you yes go through katie get the get the benefits but you can there are benefits everywhere there are benefits right. everywhere and sure. everybody sure. can sign up for this like i have benefits yeah. for my team through my state guild, brewers guild mm-hmm. like just to go to show you there's multiple sources and it just drives right. me crazy that it's not more well known and it's just it's just a note issue like Every brewery owner that I've ever met is just like me, super ADD, super ADD. Like the the information, like Jen, how many times do I ask you the same same questions? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I don't even have an answer. I can't even. There's so many, (laughs) so many times. She's probably like, I'm surprised you don't have a podcast episode ready for how many times I asked you the same question <laughs> so many times and that is like we're all just doing the best we can but you are correct like there are so many resources just do a little bit of resource or just email us or email Katie if, if that's <laughs> yep. all you want to do that's all yeah. you gotta do just yeah. email either of <laughs> us I'll email you to Katie yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's really like, it really is like, it's just, it's, it's super accessible and hopefully, you know, and hopefully we can get to the point too, you know, like to your point, like you already have, um, you already have this in place. So hopefully at some point, um, you know, like once the infinite ingredient is up and running, instead of spending that 20 bucks that you normally do, you can instead make a tax deductible donation to us to help make sure that we're sustaining these resources so like that is a huge like because that's the thing is like you know the the more people you have that's part you know i mean insurance right is like any sort of um you know umbrella policy like that is going to be very um 
you know, like it's, it's based on the number of um, people that you have. And so by, by say, instead of saying like, well, we have five employees, you know, like what's that going to cost us to buy this individually instead it's, you have five employees. What's five times six. I can't even like do that in my brain right now. Oh my God. That's $30, 30 bucks. Thank you. So cheap. Have you ever ordered? Oh my god, I have not had. Have you ever ordered Uber Eats because you pay thirty dollars in taxes and fees of delivery? Right. Like seriously. I mean, like, and that's (laughs) and that's the thing. So, like, the extra, 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 just like icing on like the whole cake and kit and caboodle and everything is the fact that this that six dollars covers not only that individual, but also their immediate family. So, spouse, um, significant other, dependents. Um, and that is just like, I mean, if like, even, even if it were just the individual, it would be like an incredible thing. But then the fact that that extends, because we also know too, like we're not alone in our silos of whatever it is that we're experiencing and whatever we're trying to process from the last few years, um, and whatever life things outside of even just, you know, COVID and in all of these things that are going on in our like little microcosm of the brewing industry, um, you know, there's still real like life outside of that too, And, um, you know, a lot of that can be really fucked up and really heavy. And so, uh, being able to have that as something that, you know, is, is not only for that individual, but then also for, um, their immediate family as well as just, it's to me is like one of the most powerful things about it, right. Is, um, that it, it extends and has that web outside of that 150,000 individuals. Right. And that you're exactly right. That that's so such a big thing. Like I know it's, Obviously, the past couple of years haven't been easy for me, but they also haven't been easy for my husband, who's, you know, who has seen like the firsthand, like raw footage mm-hmm. of my reactions to things and having to, you know, go through those experiences with me that it's, it's not, it's, it's so much more powerful to be able to offer that to immediate family where everyone can have that and, you know, and have access to be able to work through things, you know, individually and together and know that they have that assistance available to them. So do you, does Infinite Ingredient, if like, if people are listening now and they would like to make an individual donation, is that something that's available? Absolutely. Yep. Um, So through our website, um, if you just go to infiniteingredient.org, there's a little donate button in the corner, and then that will take you to our um, donor box campaign for the launch campaign. So um, so people can donate there and, um, you know, like it's, I know it's like total cheese balls to say, but like every, like every little bit does make an actual difference. And it's, it's, I, I have imagined in my brain, like a million times, like trying to figure out a way to get like every single person to commit to buying their friend a beer and making that donation. Because if we did that, we could be like funded overnight. Right. Um, every person was just like. I'm going to donate the six bucks in honor of, you know, um, in honor of so-and-so, I mean, that would be, I mean, that's how accessible it is. So, um, and I, I totally understand, you know, it's, if, if, if people aren't in a position to, um, to be able to give, um, being able to just tell, you know, tell people what it is that we're up to share what we're up to. Um, one of the things I'm trying to put together right now, um, and something that's really, really powerful is, um, the peer-to-peer fundraising capabilities that do exist on social media. So um, on Meta and um, like, so Facebook and Instagram, and then um, 
being able to, you know, set up your own campaign to help um, fundraise the birthday fundraisers, right? Like things like that um, are really powerful as well. So if you don't necessarily have that, um, have that capability, um, you know, monetarily, being able to um, help spread, spread the word on what we're trying to do um, is really, really helpful and really powerful as well right now. So, and then, oh, and one last plug too, and I haven't, um, there's so much stuff that I need to like share on social media. Like, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm running through my to-do list in my brain it's right okay. now. It's okay. We could also like uh, upload anything oh, yeah. you would like to upload oh, cool. with our yeah. posts, you know, just cool. Yeah. Cause we, um, cause we'll we forget nothing. Right. <laughs> Well, and we, um, we're on, uh, Amazon smile now as well. Um, oh, excellent. Nice. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. That Man, that, I can't tell you, I have the worst. I can't like, it's so easy to put that in. Right. And how many times do you just forget to do that when you're ordering something? It is. So you can set it. So now, cause they used to kind of be like extra tricky about it. Um, but now you can, now it's more of like a set it and forget it. Um, type Ooh, of thing. and then that's so good. It's a little bit more, so it's linked to your account. You don't have to necessarily use the URL. I hope I'm not misspeaking on that, but I think that's the case. But the only thing that is tricky now is that you have to, so you can set it up on a browser, but then you also have to set it up differently if you use the app on your phone. Oh, okay. Got it, got so it, it, okay. It's two separate setups for, Makes like, sense. that's, I don't know, they always, like, Ooh, that's a lot better, though five you know percent but um but it is but yeah so like being able to hook it up on both of those so I can definitely share that link with you guys too so that's something that yeah. um that we still have yet to add to the website and publish and everything um but slowly like you know kind of getting those things and we're we're set up on um Facebook and Instagram for being able to fundraise via there and everything and um yeah like I said we're uh 501c3 so um nice yeah we're nice. legit with IRS. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it's infinite ingredient on on all of your platforms, correct? Uh yes. Yeah, so um it's uh infinite ingredient on Facebook, infinite dot ingredient on Instagram, and then I underscore ingredient on Twitter. And I think those are the three that we have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, I have um, for mine, it's just like the Twitter, what you are allowed to use as a username by the time I joined. So I think I'm like under Gemfluence on there. So I always have to remember, like, I'm, I'm something separate on Twitter than I am everywhere else. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, I tried like, oh, man, that was like the thing, because then I finally had like settled on like, the name for the organization. And then it's like, okay, cool, I'll just make all these handles. And I was like, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, not working. <laughs> it's like, like how you used to be able to have the same password, right? Until you were about in high school or maybe a college. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope, we need all these specifications. You're like, oh, can't and keep now, the same password anymore. <laughs> Get I, straight. Every time I have to like re log into something, I do the thing and then I'm like, okay, request the password. Like, yeah. And then they say it can't be the same as your last password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like every time. I don't know. There has to be, if there were a record for that, like legitimately, like I would, <laughs> I would definitely, I would win some awards there for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this bonus episode. It's always, it's always great to talk to you. Katie and I were texting earlier and I was like, 
I'm always so excited to talk to talk about infinite ingredient. And then I was like, by the way, I'm also just always excited to be able to talk to you too. Like, I'm not, I don't only like to talk to you when it's about infinite ingredient. <laughs> no, of course. I just, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me and thank you for the time and, um, and for, and for sharing what we're up to. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. This wraps up our interview episode for our Patreon subscribers. It's one of your bonuses, um, which if you're listening to this right now, you already know that. So you also know all of the (laughs) ways you can get in contact with us. And with that, we will bid you adieu. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round.